Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Before cell phones, um, everybody did pretty much the same thing on the toilet, and the grown-ups in the room are going to be able to confirm this. What did you do? You read shampoo bottles. That was all there was to do. Couldn't play a game or watch YouTube or anything. So you just like reached around and grabbed anything and read it, whatever was in the bathroom. Um, eventually, after reading lots of labels and, and you know, backs of bottles, et cetera, and packages, you're going to find some pretty weird labels and some pretty weird instructions on things. Um, here's some examples of weird warning labels that I found on the internet. First of all, this wheelbarrow is not intended for highway use if you were considering it. Um, this a stroller should, you should remove the child before folding the stroller up. Yes. Somebody did that wrong. Somebody did that wrong and they had to. Do not eat iPod shuffle. Do you guys know about iPod shuffles? <laughs> yes. Before there was a whole phone that had music and phone. There was this, this thing is this big. So it's very, it's definitely the size of a pizza, a pizza roll. So just in case anyone was confusing. So that's why they had to warn you. Um, drivers do not carry burritos. I assume some very disappointed criminal held up one of these trucks and then was like, what do you mean you don't have any burritos? <laughs> this product not intended for use as a dental drill. This is what I'm wondering. Did a dentist try to drill a tooth or did a construction worker try to drill a, a, a tooth? Which one of those messed it up and required the need for this? Do not iron while wearing shirt. Important. <laughs> Important. May cause drowsiness. Use care when operating a car on this bottle of dog medicine. Just in case your dog is a driver. <laughs> May be drowsy. Has been, uh, has been found to cause cancer in lab mice on this rat poison. So either long-term or short-term, this stuff is going to work. Oh, sorry, is that too dark? May irritate eyes exactly what you want in your pepper spray. And this one, I've seen this one, do not use while sleeping on a hairdryer. I've seen this label. This is real. I don't know. Somebody was just decided to take a nap. They're like, I could get 10 more minutes while I dry my hair. And then they burn the house down, probably. There is, there is mainly one way to find out how to do something correct, and it is to do it wrong first. Um, and that's not just with medicine, drills, and hair dryers. That's for everything. That's for parenting and spending money and friendships, everything. It, you know, you're probably going to get it wrong. Um, tonight, we're launching a series on a very difficult topic. This is something that lots of people have gotten wrong, and they've caused a lot of pain in their lives, in the lives of the people around them, by getting it wrong. And we can learn from their mistakes. This series is called Content Warning. And the bird and the bee in the graphic might give you a hint about where we're headed into some sensitive things. Um, you will get the most of this series by being here for the whole thing. So I would encourage you to clear your Wednesday nights. Stay tuned uh, because we're going to be talking about sexual integrity, pornography, modesty, homosexuality, gender, all the big stuff. It's going to get saucy. So tonight I decided to like Maybe a low level, low danger level. The threat is low tonight. We're going to wade our way into it. Um, we're going to talk about dating tonight. So that's where we're going to start. Um, seems easy enough. I'll let you be the judge of whether it went well or not. Here is a, um, Andrew, would you pass these out? Pass that around for me. Would you please grab a, everyone in the room, grab a piece of paper and a pen out of that. Um, I am 
go, I would like to, to gather questions. We've done this before. So at any time throughout the night, whether it's during the sermon or during your small group, if you have a question, write it on this piece of paper and then turn it in at your small group time at the end of service. Um, depending on what kind of questions, how many questions come in, we might have a whole night devoted to questions. So I wanted to provide that opportunity to you. So if you have any questions about anything we're talking about tonight, anything in the sex arena, uh, I'm going to say that word a few more times tonight, so brace yourselves. Um, anything in that area, write it down because I want to get that information. Warning labels are very nice. Um, content warnings are very nice. They're all very helpful because they can save us from pain. They save us from having to go so through something that someone else has gone through. Um, in the Bible, the, Pro the book of Proverbs is called the book of wisdom, and it's where we can learn lots of things about uh, how, the, how the best way to do life, how people have made mistakes in the past, how to do things well. In Proverbs 4.23, it says this. Remember, we're talking about dating. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. That is a lot of power for that little organ, but it determines the course of your life. Before we get too far into the topic of dating and romance, make sure we understand what's at stake if you're in this room, if you've ever had a crush on somebody, or even worse, loved somebody, you know the love is a powerful thing. It can, it can, your heart can drag you in a certain direction if you're not guarding it. Your heart can drag you somewhere you didn't intend to go if you're not careful. And this might be why it's not called drifting in love, casually strolling in love, accidentally wandering into love. It's called falling in love, right? Because your heart just, this is all that matters and you fall into it. Um, having a crush, I want you to know catching feelings is not like a bad thing. We are wired for community and romance is an expression of that. So it's not wrong, but it is incredibly strong. And I want you to be aware of that, which leads us to the bottom line for our conversation about dating. Love, the heart feelings are incredibly strong. And if we don't guard our hearts, they can make us lose focus on following Jesus, if we're not careful. So the bottom line, the one thing, if you can only remember one thing about anything we talk about tonight, this is the one thing I want you to remember. Don't let anything, including romance, distract you from Jesus. Don't let anything distract you from Jesus. You will be tempted. So guard your heart and don't get distracted. We're going to talk about a few different uh, aspects about dating. And uh, let's start out with some warning labels. Talk about what not to do. The dating don'ts. I think this might help us. Um, if you want to figure out how to do it well, here, let's talk about how people, you know, have done it poorly. Some of the most common mistakes. Um, I believe these things are biblically founded, but you're also going to hear some Pastor Chris commentary in there. First of all, let's start with dating. Don't. <laughs> Uh, especially if your parents ask you, what did you talk about with dating tonight? You tell them, Pastor Chris told us we should never date until we're 35. Um, <laughs> I'm, I am kind of kidding. Let me say I'm kind of kidding, and I'm also kind of not. Um, if you don't like hearing it from me or from your parents, let me tell you what the Bible says. In the book of Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, your parents may have told you to avoid that because it's like an R-rated book of the Bible. This is what it says in uh, chapter 2, verse 7. Promise me, O women of, of Jerusalem, by the gazelles and wild deer. I have never sworn by an animal, but do it. Promise me, a woman of Jerusalem, by the gazelles and wild deer, not to awaken love until the time is right. It's probably before you're 35, so let, I'm exaggerating. Um, this goes for men and women. This stuff is powerful. It can get nasty if you get into love, romance. If you get into this stuff too early, it can do a lot of damage and be very, very painful. That's why we take it seriously. That's why we guard our hearts. Most of the ways that I've seen teenagers date 
are silly and unhelpful. It hurts them. It hurts the people around them. It causes conflict at home, all kinds of things. You don't learn as much as you could. There's all this pressure and awkwardness. It's not helpful. Uh, we will talk about better ways later. We'll talk about some, some do's. But it's a great starting point for you to hear me say, most people your age that are doing dating are not doing it in a very helpful way. For example, don't look for the one. Everyone wants to find the one. There are a couple things wrong with the myth of the one that I think take you into bad directions. First of all, don't tell Sam that I said this. Um, I'm right here. But, <laughs> but I don't think there's only one person for you. I don't think so. Um, I don't think soulmates are a real thing. And somebody that is a Christ follower might tell you different. This is Pastor Chris speaking. I don't think soulmates are a thing. Um, certainly some people are more compatible with you than others. There are preferences and nuances in that area. And God does care about who you choose as a partner. So don't think it's just a free for all. But I don't think that God has selected one person for you to spend the rest of your life with. I, and you know, if you don't find that one person, you end up with someone else. You've ruined your entire life. You've ruined the person you've married's entire life because you weren't theirs either. And you've ruined the person you were supposed to. There's not all this destruction if you just marry the wrong person. I don't think that's how God's will works. Again, there is compatibility and preferences at play. But for the most part, it is my belief that most couples, um, if they have God at the center of their biblically founded relationship, they're going to have a thriving one. That is my belief. In most cases, again, Compatibility, preferences, that, that happens, um, but you, you, know, you figure that out. But most couples, if they found their relationship on God, they're going to be all right. Another problem with uh, the myth of the one is that you are a whole person without a partner. You, without a romantic interest, are a whole person made in the image of God. You don't need to find a romantic partner to complete you. People say that. You'll see, hear that on TV. You complete me. I laugh when people say that on TV. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not how that works. You don't need somebody else. Don't cheapen what God has created. You don't cheapen what God has created by needing another person to see yourself as complete. I should. You're right. I should say that again. Don't cheapen what God has created by needing another person to feel complete. Man was created in the image of God independently of women. Woman was made in the image of God independently from men. Hey, I love romance. I'm married. It's great. We compliment each other. It's really awesome. But also, we are complete individuals made in the image of God independently. You are created in the image of God independently from anyone else. Now, we were created to live in relationship with other people. Um, you can learn a lot from a romantic partner. They can help you grow and challenge you, and that's all very important and, sh and sure. Great. True. Um, you can also grow and learn with a mentor and a friend or a pastor. You are not stalled waiting for your romantic partner before you can grow. In fact, you know, we'll come back to self-improvement later. I don't need to go there. Um, you are a complete individual without a romantic partner. And I would say, if you don't see yourself as a complete individual without a romantic partner, you are probably not ready to have a romantic partner. And if you try, it will probably get ugly. And if I can Jesus juke you for one more moment. The only one you should be concerning yourself with is the one and only Son of God. <laughs> Which sounds like a joke, but man, I really, really mean that. Um, it, you know, people can get so committed to finding this one person that it becomes their idol. 
It becomes their God. It becomes their authority and guidance in life, finding the one. It can make you lose focus on Jesus. No one deserves that much attention in your life but Jesus. And no one can handle that much attention in your life but Jesus. Don't let anything, including romance, distract you from Jesus. Don't forget who you are. Um, has anyone had like a friend that got a boyfriend or girlfriend and then just completely disappeared from your life? Yes? <laughs> We've, many of us have been through. If you haven't experienced that, you probably will. Um, I've probably been that friend to my friends. Um, has anyone in the room had a friend get a boyfriend or girlfriend and then completely change everything about themselves? They start dressing different, listening to different music, they're talking differently. It's, it can be, you know, many of us have had that friend. If you haven't, you might in the future. I'm not going to spend a ton of time here, but two things I want to you know, fly over. Uh, first, if you let a romantic partner take you away from Jesus, that won't change. If you let a romantic partner start you in the direction away from Jesus, it is almost certain that that won't change. That won't get better. That problem only gets worse. You might look up after dating this person who you know, not a church person, not a God person, you might wake up you know, two years into that relationship and you've stopped going to church entirely. You've left all your, your Christ-following friends. You've stopped praying, reading the Bible. You've totally changed yourself. And let me assure you, that is a bad trade. It doesn't matter how good that boy or girl is. That is a bad trade. Don't ever let a person lead you away from Jesus. Don't let anything, including romance, distract you from Jesus. The second thing about forgetting who you are, uh, this is something that'll come up again later, but remember that everyone in your life has a season in your life. There are very few people that are going to be with you for the whole duration of your life. And even that's a season, right? Uh, friends, mentors, pastors, they all have a time in your life, a beginning and ending most of the time. And this is especially true for romantic partners. So you have to be careful not to let a short-term romantic partner ruin your relationship with long-term friends. You have to have really good discernment to figure that out because there will be a temptation to think that this romantic relationship is the long-term one. Maybe, probably not. So just keep all that in mind. This is a tough one. You need discernment, but just don't forget who you are. Don't forget who your people are. Don't change yourself for somebody else, but I digress. One final dating don't. Don't try to fix someone. Let me level with you. You got it going on, and I mean that. And when you got it going on like you do, people that do not got it going on will want to hitch a ride on your got it going on-ness. You know what I'm saying? Got it, got it. <laughs> Even in friendships. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Don't point to anybody. But, but you are better than that. I, don't hear me say you're better than them. But you are better than that. And let me say, nobody's perfect. And if perfect is what you're looking for, you're going to be disappointed, but also you deserve the world, so don't settle. Okay. Pastor dad will step down <laughs> off the soapbox. Okay, let's transition from doting, from doting dates to dating preps. Dating preps. I've advised you not to go along with the crowd, not to date exclusively right now at this time in your life. Don't awaken love before the time is right. So in the meantime, this is how you can prepare yourself. This is how you can get ready to get yourself to a place where you can go from dating don'ts to dating do. I want you to start by asking why. Ask why you want to date, why you're interested in you know, making that pursuit, because there are a lot of bad reasons. 
And um, there's just so many bad reasons to get a boyfriend or girlfriend. Let me tell you a couple. Um, you think they're the one. Bad reason. <laughs> All of your friends are coupled up. So there's a peer pressure. Bad reason. You've never had one before, and it'll be like, it'll change your status in some kind of way. Bad, bad, bad reason. You don't feel complete without a romantic partner. Bad, bad, bad reason. You just love the idea of being in a relationship like the end of a Disney movie. Bad reason. I can't give you the perfect good reason. I thought about it, prayed about it, pondered it. I think this, is, this might be a good reason for you to, to begin to explore the world of dating. Um, I think I'd like to get married and start a family someday. So I would like to find out what I like in a potential partner. I already have, we're going to get there, but I already have a list of must-haves and deal breakers. But I'm ready to fill in the gaps of compatibility and preference in, in that situation. So I'm ready to learn something. That might be a good reason. It's definitely better than all those other ones. Don't just ask yourself questions. Learn something from somebody else, from all kinds of different places and people. When you do that, you're going to find a lot of stuff that's not true, and you might make some mistakes. But let me encourage you to learn something, especially from sources you trust. Find someone who's in a relationship that you respect, somebody whose marriage you think is awesome, and ask them how they got there. Find someone who you trust, who you know maybe hasn't had a perfect relationship life and ask, hey, could you have any like dating mistakes that come to your mind really quickly? Pray about this. Ask God for guidance on this. Ask him what he would have you do. Getting a biblical perspective on love will definitely help you. So let's go there for a second. Um, in his letter to the church in Corinth, Paul mentored all kinds of churches, wrote a bunch of letters to help them figure out how to follow Jesus in their communities. And Corinth was a sexually perverted uh, community. They just had problems in this area. And so Paul wrote some letters and he talked about, he described a love that is not just for a romantic partner. It's the kind of love you should have for your neighbor. It's the kind of love that God has for you. And it's the kind of love that you should have in a romantic situation as well. And it's become so influential. You've probably heard it if you've ever been to a wedding. Uh, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 13, four through seven. It's a long list, but take some notes. <clears throat> love is patient and kind. Some things love is. Also, some things love is not. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Now that's a lengthy description, but you should study it. If you choose to enter the world of romance, you should study this. Prepare yourself to learn what biblical love really is. And if you're in a relationship that does not value these things, get out of it. As you gather this information, as you learn something about how to interact in romance, how to to you know, get ready for that. Do those things. Prepare yourself. Become dateable. If you want to be in a romantic relationship, become dateable. Work on you. Use that definition of love. Try to love people around you that way. Um, use that good advice that people gave you and try to put that into practice. Follow Jesus better every day. Give him more of your life every day. And you will become someone that people want to be with. Remember back when I said you had it going on. Um, I may have exaggerated a little bit. Now, 
I said you shouldn't settle, and I stand by that. But I also want you to know that you have not reached the perfect version of yourself. If you want to be with someone awesome, be awesome. Work on yourself. And let me reiterate, the best way to do that is to get closer to Jesus. So stay focused on that and don't let anything, including romance, distract you from Jesus. We talked about this in the don'ts section, right? About forgetting yourself. This is the most important thing I want you to remember about this. If a romantic relationship is taking you away from Jesus, get out of it. Any romance distracting, you guys ready for this? Any romance distracting you from Jesus is a Lady Gaga certified bad one. Let's close in prayer. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Don't let anything, including romance, distract you from Jesus. Uh, let me tell you about an illustration I've heard that's really helped me. Um, we need to run after Jesus. Keep running after Jesus like we're in a race. And if you know any competitive runners, like when I was in high school, the cross-country kids were like a different breed. Those people had a focus and a dedication that I would never understand. Um, so run after Jesus with incredible focus. Don't get distracted by sports or by arts or by being cool or by romance or anything else that might want to distract you. Just run after Jesus. That's what you should do, especially at this stage in your life. And as you do that, you are learning how to love people well. You are becoming dateable. You are learning how to be more like Jesus. And you're spending your teenage years preparing yourself to be an awesome adult. Eventually, as you keep running toward Jesus, you're running this race. And you like might turn your head a little bit. And you see a hottie running next to you. And they're running after Jesus just as fast as you are. And you might just be like, sup. And they might be like, sup. As you get to know them, as you are both running toward Jesus above anything else, they're not being distracted by anything else, you might start to run together for a little while. And what you must not do is take a seat on the racetrack next to that hottie and just stare at each other. I've seen so many people do that. <laughs> just quit running after Jesus because they found the one or because they're finally complete or whatever. They just quit running after Jesus and they just sit and stare at each other. Don't do that. Keep running toward Jesus. And if you find someone that you like running next to that much, then you might decide to get married and then it becomes a three-legged race. You just tie those ones together and then you're running after Jesus toward Jesus together. This idea has helped me think about dating as a Christ follower. Okay, now this next part, it might seem a little contradictory because I told you not to date and I told you to just prepare yourself, right? Um, I'm gonna talk about some dating hows. So if that does feel confusing, remember that there are some older students in the room that uh, are closer maybe than, you, than some younger people in the room. And also, I don't, like I want you to be prepared for it. And the only way to prepare for it is to talk about it. The only way to prepare for it is to, you know, get prepared. <laughs> so like what I don't want is for like, is to say, don't date yet. Don't date yet. Don't date yet. And then when it's time for you to date, if you choose to, then you're like, no one's told you how to do it. And you're just kind of like going to have to figure it out. So here are some how to's to keep in mind. Just a couple, um, set your standards now. This is so, so important. Um, like I said, dating can help you figure out compatibility and preference and, and all, all those nuances, but there are some standards many standards that you can set ahead of time. You can know that you want to date a person with character. 
You can know that a person that honors their parents is a priority to you. You can know that honesty is a very important value to you. I bet if you thought about it for just a little while, you could come up with a nice list of the things, if you choose to find a romantic partner for your life, that a list of things that you could have pretty quickly if you thought about it. Set your standards now. Do that exercise. You're going to talk about it in your small groups a little bit. But I want to encourage you on an individual level. Have those things in mind. What are the must-haves? And what are the deal breakers? What are the things that you can think of? You're like, if that person did that, or if that person does that, maybe is a better way to say it. If they are like that, then I'm not going to spend time that way. There's stuff all over scripture about how to follow Jesus better. And that is the stuff you want in a partner, someone who is running after Jesus as fast as you are. There's one standard that I want to highlight from scripture. And this is another letter actually that um, Paul wrote to Christians in the church in the city of Corinth. So this is in 2 Corinthians. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Now the word there, if you like reading an older Bible, like King James or whatever, it says um, unequally yoked. And, and this yoke idea is, you may have heard this because it's a churchy thing, but because it's in scripture, but oxen would like plow a field together. And they would put this piece of wood over top of both of them that would kind of connect them. And they were much stronger if they were pulling together and they were like linked together. And what Paul is saying here is don't yoke yourself. Don't connect yourself with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner, be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness. This goes with friendships as well as your boyfriend or girlfriend. Paul is advising it is dangerous to get too connected, too teamed up with people who don't value following Jesus. Now, you will have friends who aren't Christ followers. I do, and you should have friends who aren't Christ followers. But the people you are most connected with should value Jesus as much as you do. Because if they aren't, if they don't, they can become a huge distraction, and we cannot let anything, including romance, distract us from Jesus. And this is kind of obvious if you think about it, right? Like, if your values compel you, your values of following Jesus compel you to do some things. Spend some time reading the Bible. Spend time talking to God in prayer, going to church, serving in the church, giving much of your life to it, reaching out to the rejected in society, being sacrificially generous with your time and your money. If the person you choose to make your romantic partner does not have those values, there's going to be some real serious conflict. And I've seen this in, in grown-up marriages today. Honey, why do you spend so much time at church? Why Would you put your Bible down and be present with me? Do you think prayer really does anything? Why would I give any money to a church? We don't have that money to donate to that need. These are just a few examples of how that can play out if your values are not aligned. If you choose to spend your life with someone not committed to Jesus, you are asking for conflict. There's a couple ways that that conflict is resolved or that that scenario can play out. P people think it's, I'll win them over. People think I'll bring them to church and they'll get saved and then we'll live happy ever after. Roll credits. It's going to be awesome. They called it missionary dating when I was a teenager. Um, and, and you know how often I've seen that work? Almost never. And cleanly, never, never. Without a backslide, I've never seen it work. I'm sure it has, but almost never. And I appreciate the idea that you think I can bring someone to church, and, and that's a great thing. That, is a, that, that shows me you value people coming to Jesus. That's beautiful. 
But the other three options are much more likely. You won't end the conflict. It will be there forever, and you'll be miserable. You will end the conflict by leaving that person. And many people in this room can attest, divorce is devastating for children, for adults, for everyone it touches. Or you will end the conflict by ending your commitment to Jesus. You'll start to think things like, it's easier not to go to church than be mocked by my partner. It's easier to not be generous than constantly defend why I'm you know, giving care kits to homeless people. It's just easier to not follow Jesus. And this is one of the reasons that Paul gives this advice. He's, he knows that this conflict is devastating. You can prevent that pain and conflict by setting this standard ahead of time, making this number one on your list. If I decide to start looking for a romantic partner, that partner will be a Jesus follower. That's one of a bunch of standards you can set right now. The second thing is about how you treat people. Um, and it's one of the things that makes me think teenagers don't always, you know, if you date in the way I'm going to suggest, people might call you weird because it's different. Um, people date as if, in high school, in middle school, younger, they date as if they are dating their forever partner. Um, I think we conceptually know that very few high school sweethearts make it to a wedding ceremony. Very few, like less than 2%. And Sam and I are one, which you'd think might give you hope, but actually just brings your statistics down because you know us. So very few people will marry the person that is their high school sweetheart. But when you're in the thick of a relationship, that part of your brain just kind of turns off and you just all you see is the future with the person that you're with. Um, and you're fighting your brain on this, so do your best to have some perspective on the reality of the situation. Let me take this opportunity to remind you, less than 2%, if you missed the number before, less than 2% of people marry their high school sweethearts. Yes, it happens sometimes, but like one out of every 50 people, it could happen to you, it probably won't. Now that we have that information, I want you to know it's not like a bad thing, but it's something you should remember and you should date with that perspective in mind. It means you should treat people that you're dating in light of that perspective. Let me just wade into the waters of sexual integrity because it's where we're going in the next couple weeks. If you're in a relationship in high school, you are most likely dating someone else's spouse. You are most likely dating someone else's future spouse. And someone else is dating your future spouse. Now, I don't know about you, but that might make me want to beat somebody up. If someone is dating your future partner, how would you want them, them to do that? If you could just like, you know, see in a, you know, from a distance, you could just see with your, your like your new uh, Minecraft spyglass, um, which you can make with amethyst, I think. Um, imagine that you could see them, their relationship before, you know, you're getting all mad for sure. But like, how would you want them to do that if you could write a letter to this person? How would you want them to date your future spouse? Let me answer that question for you. If someone is dating your future spouse right now, you would want them to keep their hands to themselves. <laughs> Maybe a kiss on the cheek, because grandparents do that sometimes, so it's not like overtly sexual. You can like get away with a kiss on the cheek, but beyond that, no touchy. I think that's probably what you would want. It's what I would want. Now, as you are dating, remember that you are doing that for someone else, that you are dating, probably dating someone else's 
future spouse. So that means you should treat a romantic partner, should you choose to have one, as you're dating someone else's future spouse. It protects them. It protects you. And I hope you don't hear me saying, you know, never take the step to marry somebody. You know, I hope you hear me saying, most cases, just keeping that perspective will help you. It relieves so much pressure, too. If you just take a more casual approach, what are we doing here? Are we like, am I trying, you know, (laughs) if you choose to date someone, don't feel overwhelmed by the task of, I need to be married tomorrow. Remember that you're learning about dating and romance. You're learning about compatibility and preferences. And more than anything else, if you choose to date, one thing rises above it all. Don't let anything, including romance, distract you from Jesus. Let me end with a question. Who makes the rules? Good answer. In your life, who is the authority? Who determines how it's going to go down in your life? You might think about a coach, a parent, or a bossy older sibling. But the answer that I hope you have is the one I heard from the room. Jesus should be the one that makes the rules and has the authority in your life. When you decide to make a commitment to follow Jesus with your life, you are putting him in the driver's seat. You are relinquishing the authority of your life. You're letting Jesus call the shots. You are asking the Holy Spirit to guide you. You are letting the Bible be uh, your instruction for life. You have a new boss. And I believe that the stuff we talked about, like I said, there's some of my commentary in there. But I think it's biblically founded wisdom. And you will be blessed if you follow it. Not because God just loves his, his rules and he loves to you know throw the hammer down, but because he has given you Life hacks. This is the way to a blessed life. Your life will just be better. That's what happens when you don't lose that focus and when you don't let anything, including romance, distract you from Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your wisdom and that we don't have to just guess and figure this out, but we can learn from the warnings and the principles in your word, and that we can, uh, we have people around us that can teach us, and we can ask questions to thank you for this community and your word and your Holy Spirit to guide us through a very, very difficult thing. God, I pray for everyone in this room as they consider um, what their romantic life is going to look like, that you would guide them and give them so much wisdom, give them so much guidance. Help them not to awaken this before it's time, Help them to respect the, uh, the wishes of their parents as they navigate all of that. And ultimately, help them not to be distracted from you. Help them not to let this be a distraction, not to let it take them away from you, not to let any person take them away from their relationship with you, Father. Help us to have the strength to resist that temptation and to remember this conversation, remember this, these words that we don't let anything, including romance, including the person that's so beautiful and so smart and funny and just loves everything that I do and say, including that person. Don't let them distract us from you. I pray that you watch over our conversations in small groups tonight and that you would help us to learn something about you and about the way you would have us live our lives. We love you. In your precious name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.